Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie, lively, entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. Welcome to the Thanksgiving week edition of the Sports Rivals. We've got a packed 45 minutes in store for you today. We got to talk UH football yesterday at Wyoming. HHSAA boys football playoffs. The finals are set at all three levels. Tomorrow starts the Maui Invitational with an unbelievable field. We'll preview that. NFL Week 11, a full slate of games. Our top five picks, our picks. And Ernie's closing thought. There is a lot to go over. And we're not even talking all the baseball awards were announced this week, but there were no major surprises there. So we don't really have to talk about that. But what we do have to talk about, Ernie, for the first time in three weeks, not the result that we wanted for the University of Hawaii. They no. went up to Wyoming and they got spanked. They got spanked big time. And just something, it wasn't just because of turnovers. It was 28-0 before UH even had their first interception. And at that time, I thought they had to they had to take chances. They're already down 28-0. Uh, you know, got to sling it. And unfortunately... <laughs> a 42-9 outcome is the result. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. We, we did have turnovers, but it was kind of out of question. First drive, 51-yard touchdown pass. Second drive, 89-yard touchdown yep. pass. Third drive, 41-yard touchdown. It was, they got all they wanted. He oh, yeah. was, I think he only completed 13 passes for 300-something yards. Um yeah, it was an unfortunate situation. They they just went up over the top. They made big play after big play. It was 35-0 at halftime. Uh, we were lucky to get nine points on the board. Now we come home after a 49-9 drubbing. Um, and hopefully they can end on a positive note. Hopefully they can get that last win over Colorado State. Um, it's hard to say. You know, it's hard to say because... Two weeks ago, we thought they were three weeks ago. We thought they were going to lose the rest of their games. Then they win two in a row. We thought, hey, maybe they're going to win four in a row to end the season. Now they revert back to a blowout loss again. Kind of leaves me in doubt. But I believe they're going to rise up on senior day as Hawaii athletics always tends to do. I believe they're going to get it done and finish the year with five wins. I hope that that's that's the outcome against Colorado State yeah, next week. Yeah, I hope it's a win. And even if it's not a win, at least make it competitive. I'm tired of these, uh, you know, games where it's, you know, a blah, blah, blah like this. I mean, let it be a game where at least it's competitive, at least into the latter parts of the fourth quarter. To me, that'll suffice. The season is effectively uh, done for the team. I mean, they're not going to go to any type of bowl game. But, again, it at least something that we can end up positive note on going into next season so you know this team baffles me you know as far as you know when you think they're down they win when you think that they have a chance they're down uh really i i don't know what to expect next week i really don't you know but in the world of college football you 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 can never know exactly what's going to happen. Remember, one of Hawaii's wins this year was against New Mexico State. Mm-hmm. New Mexico State, since that game, has gone on an unbelievable run, including yesterday 
They go to Auburn and beat Auburn 31-10 at Auburn. It was it was incredible. But, you know, just quickly in, in regards to the NCAA, no major upsets. The biggest issue that happened over the weekend for one of the top teams, Florida State quarterback uh, Jordan Travis shattered his leg. Uh, he had to be casted and ambulanced off the field. That's going to be trouble for the Florida State Seminoles. Um, can they hold on and find a way to win the next two games? And if he does, well, he's out. But if they do, do you keep them in? It seems like Washington has passed them now in the rankings. Georgia looks like they're uh, they're rolling. Ohio State, Michigan, Washington, uh, and then you have Florida State. So those five undefeated teams are sitting right there. Although I told you this last week, one. I think Oregon's going to beat Washington when they play again. Uh-huh. And then two, Bo Nix is going to win the Heisman Trophy. And the boy went for 404 yards and six touchdowns yesterday again with no interceptions. I really believe he has 35 touchdowns, two interceptions on the year. He's, wow. His passer rating is almost at 200. He has played phenomenal ball. The only competition I think he has now is Jaden Daniels from LSU, also had six touchdowns passing and two rushing yesterday for LSU. But I think Oregon's higher ranked. I think Bonix is going to get that done. But let's transition again. That's Ernie Aimanti. We are the sports rivals. HHSAA football, the big games over the weekend, Mililani against Campbell. Could Campbell rise up and knock off the red hot Trojans? Nope. <laughs> Mililani Road. <laughs> 44 to 7. Mililani uh, clearly seems to be a team of destiny right now. They rode Campbell behind quarterback McMillan. 44 to 7. In the nightcap, it's Punaho against Kahuku. Kahuku pulls that one off 28 to 16, setting up a rematch of the OIA championship game just a couple weeks back. Kahuku Mililani next next week. For the title. Ordinarily, you would assume Kahuku would be the favorite, but Ernie, the way Mililani's been playing for the last six weeks with that quarterback, uh-huh. I think Mililani's going to win win the state championship next week. Wow. I mean, if I were a betting guy, I mean, I, it's hard to pick against Kahuku, especially on a, on a neutral field, but you know, you might have something there. I mean, McMillan might just be, like I said a couple of weeks ago. He might be one of the ones. Like, didn't his his coach say he is the best quarterback out of in the country? Yeah, <laughs> best high school quarterback. I mean, in the this, country. Is, this is a guy who's put put guys in good Division One programs. So he 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 knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Is he hyping? Maybe a little bit, but I don't think it's that too far. So you might have something there. I'm, you know, I I have a hard time picking against Kahuku. If they can concentrate and get the, get McMillan uh, a little off kilter, at, at least in the early part of the game, Goku's got a chance. I think this is something that if McMillan uh, has a good first half, I think you might be right that that's it's their championship to lose. Yeah, and the games are going to be at UH. Um, so one thing's for sure, there's going to be more people attending this game than the UH senior night oh, oh on God. Saturday night. I think that's for sure. In the Division One championship game, it's going to be Konawaina from the Big Island going for back-to-back championships, playing against Waipahu. Waipahu, a 21-20 victor over Farrington, setting up a rematch of last year's championship game. And in the D2 title, it'll be the battle of the neighbor islands as KS Maui and Waimea will fight for the Division 
division to crown. So high school football coming to a close next week. That's going to be an exciting slate of games. Now, before we move into the NFL, Ernie and I, you guys know we're, we're here in Hawaii and there is a basketball tournament that is starting here today because this is going to be released on Monday, the Maui Invitational. And the thing with this tournament is that it's normally held in Maui. It's normally played at the Lahaina Civic Center. Unfortunately, because of the disaster that happened in August, it had to be moved this year to the island of Oahu. But gang, check out the slate of games tomorrow. It starts in the morning. Number seven, Tennessee versus Syracuse, followed by number two, Purdue, against number 11, Gonzaga. Then it's number one, Kansas, versus host Chaminade. And the nightcap is number four, Marquette, versus UCLA. So you have five of the top 11 teams in the nation here in Hawaii, ready to play the Maui Invitational. And our own Hawaii Sports Radio, Kuule Agbayani, will be calling the play-by-play of all the Chaminade games this weekend, including the tilt tomorrow night against Kansas, her favorite collegiate team. Congratulations, Kule. Knock it out the park. Hopefully, Shamanad can pull the major upset over your beloved Jayhawks. But yeah, Kule. Ernie, what a slate of teams. Yeah, Kule needs, needs help, you know, maybe just to pass her some paperwork or stats, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm there for you, girl. I mean, just to see those slate of teams. Whoo. It's crazy. The, it's it's getting started tomorrow at the University of Hawaii campus at the Stan Sheriff Arena. For those of you that are here locally, there are definitely going to be seats available. The ticket prices are, are obscene. Right now, you can buy it the whole tournament or you can buy sessions. Sessions right now run around $325 for two games. Um, but I'm guessing that by the time the game starts tomorrow, you're probably going to have cheaper access. But it is a school day on the Manoa campus, so you are not allowed to drive to the game. You're going to have to catch a bus, Uber, get dropped off. There is no parking available on campus to watch this, which I think is part of the problem. When you can't get there, right. it's hard to buy a ticket when you don't even have a way of getting to the game. But I'm excited about that. I know my dad in Las Vegas is going to be riveted, stuck to his screen watching all of these games. As a Gonzaga fan, I only have one question. Mm. How the hell we get stuck with Purdue in the first round? <laughs> What's up with that? You know, in years past, Gonzaga probably would be the the billing, top billing in this tournament. But, you know. Well, the, the last time Gonzaga was here, it was Duke was here as well. And Gonzaga played Duke in the championship game in one of the best I remember that. games ever. Rui, Rui Hachimura against Zion, Zion Williamson. Williamson. Yeah, I remember that. It was that. an incredible, incredible game. And Gonzaga won that one. But they're going to have their hands full with that monster Zach Eady, who is not a good matchup for this Gonzaga team. But player we can hope year. for the best. Zach Eady, player of the year, right? Yep. He was last year's player of the year. We'll, we'll, we'll hope for the best. And we will go from there. Now, Ernie, let's transition into the NFL. It was a tale of two types of games. You were disappointed. I actually got a win for the first time in over a month, (laughs) I think since September. So let's start on the positive side. So my Rams, you know, they, they come off a bye. They're supposed to be as healthy as they've been all year long. But offensively, they come out flat. They fall behind 10-0. Cooper Cup gets 
stepped on, re-injures his ankle. He left the game, and there was no offense happening until right before the half. The Rams get a touchdown right before the half. Um, in this early second half, Aaron Donald drills Geno Smith, knocking him out of the game until the last drive, and the momentum changed right from there. Seattle could do nothing offensively. The Rams kept chipping away, field goal, eventually uh, a touchdown. Uh, and then with a minute and a half left, a field goal to take the 17-16 lead. They hang on for dear life as Myers misses a 55-yard field goal just wide right. And the Rams secure a victory going to four and six. And in the beloved NFC that's right in the thick of the playoff race. <laughs> but, man, Matthew Stafford, he, he gutted it out. But, man, he had a play. There's a wheel route where Daryl Henderson was 20 yards down the field with literally nobody around. It would have been a walk-in 91-yard touchdown pass. And Matthew Stafford threw it into the bench. I was like, you gotta be, you gotta be kidding me! But the the Rams finally found a way to pull it off, and again, Rams, for whatever reason, the Seahawks are jinxed they, against the Rams, yeah. and the Rams found a way to win again. That was a good pick by you. I mean, I saw that trend, and guys, like the Ram, I mean, the Rams won a Super Bowl recently, but you know. Since they won that Super Bowl, they weren't very good, and they do this year in and year out. Talk about following a trend. That was a good pick by you because I know that was one of your picks. Yeah, but let's transition to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, my goodness. The same game that they play week in, week out, except it was a flip result this week, it which was. is surprising. It was. But a lot of frustration coming out of Steeler camp. And you know what? I think when it comes down to it, when you can get away with winning, which they have been doing, because their losses have been... Bad, you know when they get when they lose, they lose by a lot. Uh, this one was a tight one at the end, uh, and in like in normal fashion, they would have won this game, but today it wasn't. I mean, they had the running game going. I mean, Jalen Warren had a big, big run. I think he rushed for over 120 yards today, but that passing game was pathetic. Yeah, you're absolutely right because after the game, Najee Harris, who's very much told the company line, very diplomatic. George Pickens, he'll go off, yeah. but he's he's a little bit he has a little wild streak. Mm -hmm. But Najee is not like that. But after the game today, Najee was just letting it rip. He's sick of this beep beep beep. He's tired of this beep beep beep. I'm glad he doesn't think that they're going to be able to fix this beep beep beep. But but you're right, Ernie. Even if you're frustrated offensively, if you grumble and bitch about it after a win, you're going to be looked at in a very negative light. Like you won the game. It, all that matters is we win. Stop grumbling about your own personal grievances when we're winning. Right. But the minute you lose, now that frustration boils over because you, you don't have the euphoria of a win. Mm -hmm. You have the frustration of a loss, especially a loss to a heated rival like the Cleveland Browns. Um, you're hoping that Najee speaking up might be the change that might be needed. <clears throat> I hope so. I really hope so. I mean, uh, I think the whole Acrisure Stadium knows what needs to be done. But Tom is, you know, he's towing the company line. I mean, he, he I mean, that Steelers organization, they don't fire coaches mid-season. Yeah. I mean, they had, I mean, they, their three hit coaches are spanning 50 years, for God's sake. 
Uh, I and I really don't think it's something that's gonna happen. Yeah. But I think I think that hot seat as far as offensive coordinator is really, really, really hot. It seems like Pickett has been regressing in this in this offense. The offensive line has been playing better as shown in the run game. I think they've been averaging over 150 yards over the last three games rushing, but it's not showing in their, I guess, uh, you know, the offensive gains. And, and, and Najee Harris spoke to uh, Pickens last week in regards to, you know, settle down. Don't, don't argue. Don't argue. So he's not a complainer. He really isn't a complainer, but like what you said, in wins, it's easy to to it's 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 easy to be that better player. Not in losses. Not when you should win. Not when you beat this team, and the opposing team's quarterback, star quarterback, is out, and you only produce ten points. Uh, I yeah. don't know. I, I mean, I, I, since I mean, uh, Pittsburgh is still sitting pretty at six and four, and we'll run through the records of the AFC and the NFC real quick and highlight some of the other games. They're still sitting pretty. But Buffalo last week, they, they threw up another dud, and their offense is significantly better than Pittsburgh's oh, yeah. offense. Oh, just yeah. not the expectation is so much greater. They fired Ken Dorsey like a light, and today Buffalo seemed to respond in a positive way, putting up 32 points on the very vaunted New York Jet defensive, uh, defensive team as they route the Jets. I think this is what Pittsburgh needs. They do. I mean, I think... I think this is what they need. I think it would just rejuvenate the team. But you're right. It's not the Steeler way. Uh, they'll toll the company line or they'll just be loyal. But it could be a mistake because I think Pittsburgh's defense and the personnel offensively is good enough to make a, a dent in the playoffs. The way they're playing now, they may get into the playoff, but I got to think it's going to be a quick exit based on their inability to score the ball. Yeah, they just don't know how to use their team. I mean, Friermuth came back after so many weeks, targeted only once today for eight yards. Pickens hardly used. Deontay Johnson, who has been a hundred uh, catch receiver in the NFL, caught one pass a day, maybe two passes for barely 10 yards of, uh, a completion. It uh, doesn't look good for the Steelers on the offensive side. And I feel bad for that defense because that defense is ranked next to last if not last in a lot of major categories. And that's only because what they're doing is they're, they're trying to go for the big takeaway. They're a bend-don't-break defense, and they're on the field so dang long. You know, it's really making them look And they don't have Minka. They don't, they're two inside, they had two inside linebackers uh, get injured. Uh, they're all beat up, but so is everybody else. Yeah. Everybody else is also beat up. And a up. lot of three and outs on offense. That exactly. Doesn't, doesn't help as well. So let's take a look at the at the <clears throat> AFC situation because, like I said, the Steelers are right in the thick of it. And I think one of the things before we go through the games, the biggest story probably of the week is Joe Burrow, torn ligament in his throwing arm, in his wrist. He is out for the season, which essentially, in my opinion, Ends the season for the Cincinnati yeah. Bengals. Yeah. Jake Browning is not going to lead the Bengals to the playoffs. That's just not going to happen. It's just a matter of how far will the Bengals fall um, or will they tank at some point. So we'll see. 
All right, so that's that's what the thing. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty here, but we are back, and now we're going to break down the AFC, starting with the Miami Dolphins. Again, that's Ernie. I'm Monty. We are the sports rivals here in Honolulu, Hawaii, breaking things down. The Miami Dolphins struggled more than I think most people thought today with the Las Vegas Raiders. They do come out on top, hanging on for a 20-14 to 14 win. They did have a lot of offense, but they did not get a lot of points. Uh, and the Raiders, as... Tough as they've been, Antonio Pierce has made them a tough, scrappy bunch. Miami does pull it off. Buffalo, we highlighted them, rolling the Jets today to go to 6-5. and five. The Jets really look like their season is doomed. They have gone now, I believe, 45 consecutive drives without a touchdown. <laughs> it is obscene how bad their offense is. They're at 4-6. and six. Patriots did not lose this week. That's because they, they didn't, didn't play, play this week. <laughs> <laughs> so they remain at 2-8. and eight. And in the very competitive AFC North, the Ravens beat the Bengals on Thursday to go to 8-3. and three. The Browns, as we talked about, beat the Steelers. They're at 7-3. and three. Steelers at 6-4, and four, still in the playoffs. And the Bengals at 5-5 five and five with trouble on the horizon without Joe Burrow. In the South, you have the Jags. They bounce back in a big way today. Uh, and they rolled the Titans to go to 7-3. and three. The Texans keep winning. Again, they beat the Arizona Cardinals today, hanging on 21-16. They go to 6-4. and four. The Colts are at 5-5. Five and five. They had the week off as well. And the Titans now drop to 3-7. and seven, And they look like they're kind of mailing in the rest of the season as well. And then tomorrow night, the big game, the rematch of the Super Bowl, Kansas City, Philadelphia. The Chiefs right now are at 7-2. and two. The Raiders at 5-6 and six are in second. The Broncos just took the lead over the Vikings. So if they hang on, they'll be at 5-5. Five and five. Uh, And then the Chargers, the disappointing Chargers, go to Green Bay today and lose again, 23-20. to They now fall to 4-6. and six. Ernie, any comments on the AFC? No, it's pretty much coming down. I'm kind of more interested in regards to what's going to be <laughs> happening on Monday night. I mean, uh, you know, we're talking about, in most polls, number one versus number two, at least... Uh, you know, as far in as our polls, yeah, as far as ranking is concerned, I mean, Philadelphia with the best record in the NFL, and I would say Kansas City at seven and two, the best record at least in the AFC, playing at Kansas City. To me, this is going to be a real good game, and for whatever reason, in my opinion, <clears throat> to me, it's going to come down to it's not going to come down to Mahomes, in my opinion. This is going to come down to my opinion to Kansas City's. Defense. Yes, you heard me right. Their defense. I mean, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs ranked 17th in offense this year. Their defense is ranked second, only to the Cleveland Browns. That defense has been carrying this team. And the Eagles defense from last year, which is very vaunted and had much expectation this year, is still pretty good. But they rank about 7th or 8th. Very <laughs> disappointing, in my opinion. Uh, Jalen Hurts has been playing a game in where they're keeping every game very interesting. In my opinion, it may come down to who has the ball last or who can stop the ball last. Yeah, and see, the thing with the Philadelphia is their front, the, their front line, their front seven is still strong, but their secondary is weak. weak. Yeah. The weakness of Kansas City this year has been their ability to get the wide receivers involved and get some get some action going there. I believe they figure it out. I think this is going to be a great game. Kansas City on Monday Night Football at home. 
The only problem that I can see for Kansas City is that I don't think Taylor Swift is going to be there at this game <laughs> because she's in, in Brazil doing concerts. So no Swifty there. So does Kelsey go off without, the, without his mama there? Okay. I don't know about that because Kansas City needs Kelsey to go off for them to score. Yeah. So it's going to be a matter of, of can they do it? I believe they find a way because they always do. I mean, I would expect Kansas City in a barn burner tomorrow night to get the victory. But it should be a great game, especially with uh, Philadelphia coming off a bye. It should be exciting. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I think Kansas City is going to pull this one. I don't think it's going to be a barn burner. I think it's going to be in maybe in the the low 20s. I, I, I think that it's going to be. And don't I wouldn't be surprised if you got the. The only reason why it's in the 20s is because of short fields on turnovers and whatnot. So it could be. I expect a very, very, to me, one of the, got to be, at least at least for this part of the season, probably uh, at least the most intriguing Monday, most intriguing Monday Night Footballs of the year so yeah, far. Yeah, I mean, when you have the Super Bowl <laughs> contenders from the year before, both with the best records in their conferences, right. uh, I think that sets up nicely for a huge draw on Monday Night Football. So, in the NFC, Eagles haven't played yet. We just talked about that. 8-1. and one. Dallas rolled Carolina today. They go to 7-3. and three. The Commanders, a surprising loss at home to the Giants to fall to 4-7. and seven. That mm-hmm. was a very surprising loss. Yeah, and then the Giants go to 3-8. and eight. It, when you thought that they wouldn't win another game, they pull off a victory against the Commanders. Then in the NFC North, Detroit struggled all game. Four turnovers by Jared Goff, yet they found a way to come back and win 31-26 to to go to 8-2. and two. And Ernie, that's a sign of a pretty good team. When you can play terrible, coming off a bye, you're a little bit rusty, and you find a way to win. Mm-hmm. You know, good teams find a way to win. Bad teams find a way to lose. And that right now is kind of the difference between the Chargers and the Lions. Um, Minnesota, again, that game has not gone final yet. They're either going to be 6-5 and or 7-4 and if they find a way to come back and kick a field goal to win the game. Um, But still surprising. Uh, They were were on a five-game winning streak. We'll update you when that game goes final. Green Bay wins a game at home today. They're at 4-6. And and the Bears drop to 3-8 and with the loss to Detroit. Yeah, NFC South, the Saints were off. They're still at 5-5. Five and five. The Falcons were off. They're at 4-6. and six. Tampa lost at San Francisco. They fall to 4-6. and six. And the Panthers are at 1-9. and nine. And then the best division in the NFC, the NFC West, powerhouse 49ers uh, rolled again. They go to 7-3. and three. The Seahawks are at 6-4. and four. The upstart rising Rams are at four and six. <laughs> Ooh, what a slant there. What a slant. And then the Arizona Cardinals are at two and eight. So, whew. But the exciting news, gang, is between the two of us, we went four and oh this weekend. All Ernie's right. now won four games in a row. Ernie had... The um, the Jags over the Titans minus seven that was easy. The 49ers minus eleven and a half over Tampa Bay they covered that by a couple of points. I had Dallas laying the ten and a half over Carolina. Um, they rolled over that one, and then I had the Rams plus two and a half when I told you guys this last week. By kickoff today, it was the Rams giving one and a half. And the Rams won by two, so I'll take that for my first 2-0 week, I believe, since week two. Um, so we'll take it. So, gang, if you wrote our picks this week, 
You're rich, people. <laughs> you are rich. So where are you going next week, Ernie? Are you going to go six in a row? Everybody's waiting. I don't know about going six in a row, but these are the two teams that I'm going to pick this week that I think have at least the best chance. I like Tennessee uh, over the Panthers. Tennessee minus four. I think Tennessee, even though they're struggling this year, I think they still have that uh, DNA of ball control offense running the game. And the Panthers are just a mess. I don't think there's any semblance of... uh, you know, a team over there that can, uh, you know, weather at least a steady storm that the Tennessee Titans are going to bring. Uh, take Tennessee minus four in that game. <laughs> in my second game, I'm going to roll with the Ravens uh, going over to San Diego. Uh, normally in these cases where I get a uh, <clears throat> an East Coast team, you know, taking like basically an international flight if you're if, you know, as far as distance is concerned, you know, all the way from Baltimore, Maryland to San Diego, uh, I would stay away from this game. But the Chargers have been a mess this year. I mean, very disappointing. And I'll talk about a little bit about that in my final thought. Uh, I really like the the Ravens in this case. And I think they're going to that four and a half could be 14 and a half. I like the Ravens big time over the Chargers in San Diego. All right, and I'll tell you what I what I'm going to take. But Denver does hang on to beat Minnesota twenty one to twenty. So they both uh, well, Minnesota drops to six and five, and the Broncos now go to five and five with their third consecutive win. Don't look now, but the Broncos yeah. are moving towards the top. That's what a great coach will do for you. Yes, Sean Payton has really changed things uh, from early in the season. So for me. I like Ernie's picks. The Titans-Carolina game, Ernie might be the only one watching that game uh, because of his pick. <laughs> but for me, I purposely... See, next week is Thanksgiving week, gang, right? So what's what's Thanksgiving? It's watching football. And the NFL has three Friday games, uh, uh, three Thursday games, a Friday game, and then the Sunday game. So I wanted to pick at least one on Thursday to make it interesting. And I'm going with the original. I grew up watching this team every single Thanksgiving. I'm riding Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. Um, Normally, I would take the Green Bay Packers when they play each other. It was Aaron Rodgers. It was Brett Favre. But this year, I'm going to ride the 8-2 Detroit Lions. I think they're going to rise to the occasion on national TV. I think Detroit's going to play their best game of the year. Aaron Jones was knocked out of the game today. I think they make Jordan Love one-dimensional. I think they're going to rout Green Bay by two touchdowns next week. So I like Lions laying the 7.5. And And I'm going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars in the matchup. Uh, The showdown in the AFC South, they go to Houston for the second time this year. They're going to play the Texans who rolled them in Jacksonville earlier. I think Jacksonville is going to be ready to respond. It's a pick game right now, so all they have to do is win. I don't believe they can lose because if they lose, they'll both be 7-4 and four, and the Texans would have the tiebreaker. So this is a must-win to me for Jacksonville. I believe they find a way to get it done. And as great as C.J. Stroud has been, and again, they won again today, he has he had one interception through the first eight games. He has five interceptions in the last six quarters. 
So I think people have started to figure him out a little bit. I think Jacksonville will be opportunistic and find a way to win the game, even if it's by one or two points. So I like Jacksonville over the Texans. So it's Detroit and Jacksonville for me. Tennessee and Baltimore for Ernie. So let's switch gears to our top five. For me, no changes from last week because number one versus two is playing tomorrow. Essentially, the winner is one. The loser will be two or maybe not. Who do you have in your top five? Yeah, so basically the same things. I'm flip-flopping four and five. I know what you said about Detroit, about good teams finding ways to win when they're playing bad. To me, that is true but the fact is is that there's so many good teams in that five six seven eight position that i i just can't ignore and when they come up and play and they you know uh you know give a better showing to me that vaults them up so i do have philadelphia still at number one kansas city at number two san francisco still at number three Baltimore, because of their win, they vault up over Detroit because Detroit uh, struggles in their victory. And I even have the Cowboys, uh, because of the their big victory today, going up and supplanting, uh, getting, getting into the top five. Detroit, uh, I hate pushing them down from the number four outside of my top five, but, you know, that's... it's. It's taking the better wins over the closer losses, in my opinion, for these rankings. Detroit is still a very good team, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if your uh, pick comes in next week that they, you know, they they may get back into that top five for next week. All right, so for me, I'm going to go with the winner of the Philadelphia Kansas City game will be my number one. I'll, yeah, actually, I changed what I said earlier. I I, prob- I probably spoke too soon. The winner will be number one. The loser will be number three. San Francisco, for me, is the number two team. I believe they're healthy. And again, Ernie and I have been saying this all along. If they're fully healthy, they're the best team in the NFL. They would be favored against everybody on a neutral field. So San Francisco will be my number two team. The loser of Philadelphia, Kansas City, slides into the three spot. The Ravens would be four. And Dallas, for me, would be five. Again, last week, I was like Dallas or Detroit, Dallas or Detroit. But because of Dallas's defense, I will take Dallas. Same thing. Um, they both won. Dallas won convincingly against Carolina. Detroit won toughly against the Bears. Um, so I'll go with Dallas, number five. Detroit would probably be right there on the on the cusp, with uh, along with Cleveland. Nah, I can't say Cleveland. I mean, their say. defense is awesome, but... Dorian Thompson, I just Cannot. don't know. I mean, Can. right now, I just, I really don't know. So th- that would be my top five. So again, gang, check us out on social media. Sports Rivals Podcast, IG, and Facebook, especially Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. Let us know your top five. Again, I'm sure there are Hawaii people that believe Miami should be here. And maybe they should. I mean, they're seven and three like others, um, but they haven't beaten a team with a winning record yet this year. Not one. So I think that's the part that holds Miami back. But tell us what you think. Who's your top five? Do you agree? The winner of Philadelphia, Kansas City is the best team. Do you, you all you San Francisco, obnoxious San Francisco fans. <laughs> I'm sure you believe that the 49ers should be number one. So let us know what you think because we're always anxious to, to communicate with you, talk to you, and talk story online. But... Let's turn it over to Ernie, who's going to stay in the world of the NFL for his closing thought. Yeah, being that we're uh, over halfway through the, the NFL season, I think it's, it's fair to say that, 
you know, I you can put down some disappointments and some surprises that have uh, have occurred, and they'll probably follow through for the uh, the remainder of the season. So I'm going to give you my top three surprises of in the NFL this year, and the top my top three disappointments in the NFL this year. And I'm going to start with my disappointments. Uh, this is not really a big disappointment in my opinion, but it's just a disappointment in regards to legacy. Uh, it is the New England Patriots and just the way that they've been doing it. I think it's they're very just, I mean, I expected them to have uh, a losing season, not a season like this. And the way Bill Belichick is going out and uh, in my opinion, tarnishing his, uh, his legacy, at least uh, in the short term, I think uh, as years pass, we'll still see him as, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame coach that he is. <clears throat> the way that they've been playing, you know, the way that they've been playing uh, the immediate future in regards to this organization is really way far and away uh, a New England team, a Bill Belichick team uh, <clears throat> that you're used to. And you had... 20 years of this I mean it's just incredible uh, How far The apple has fallen From this tree I mean New England uh, The Patriots And their fans uh, I mean I I, I I really don't like that organization Because you beat the Steelers In countless uh, AFC championship games Over the past You know 20 years But I do feel a little Empathy for you. I mean, you guys are struggling big time, and it's it's not gonna clear itself soon. I mean, so the New England Patriots, uh, one of my disappointments for the year. Uh, my second one is gonna be <coughs> the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, you had the number one uh, runner last year, who is probably not even gonna be in the top ten this year. You switched over. Your quarterback Carr, who himself is not doing great uh, down in New Orleans, but you bring in Jimmy G. He's not even playing at this point in time. That offense is pathetic. Uh, I I think a lot of people uh, had the Vegas Raiders uh, at least better than 500, not where they are right now. I have the Las Vegas Raiders, in my opinion, as uh, my second most disappointing uh, team in the NFL. My number one disappointing team is the Los Angeles Chargers. And I believe that no matter what's going to happen, I, I don't care if even if they, they finish up strong, I think there's going to be a coaching change. This has not been happening for the... Uh, just this season, but even last season, they find ways to lose. They've got too much talent on that team. Way too much talent for them to be uh, floundering in last place in that in that par- particular division. <laughs> the way they've lost this year, uh, I mean, you you would you would think that they have guys on that that team bending against themselves. Uh, the way that they've been losing, just finding every way imaginable to to lose that game. They are my top disappointment team in the NFL. Now, as far as positives, uh, I'm going to start with the Miami Dolphins. And we all knew that Tua, Waddle, and Tyreek Hill are great. But I want to talk about their run game. 
they brought in this rookie, and I, I, I probably mispronounced his name a lot. I used to call him a Cheney, but he, he got hurt, but he was running roughshod. <clears throat> they got Mostert out there. That running game, potent running game, uh, is complementing that uh, passing attack, and they actually got a chance to surpass the 2013 Denver Broncos as the highest scoring team in NFL history. And, and I, I knew that Miami was going to be good. I never thought uh, a big part of it would be through the ground. 15 rushing touchdowns so far this year. Uh, very incredible. That was a big surprise for me. So the Miami Dolphins running attack, uh, kudos to you. My second biggest surprise is the wide receiver class of 2023. We all knew that Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison would, you know, show up big. And they have, you know, Minnesota uh, not having Justin Jefferson. Addison is playing well. Zay Flowers in in that Baltimore attack has been doing well. But I want to talk about the wide receivers that follow them. And I, we need to look no further than the, the L.A. Rams, Puka Nakua, who I don't think anybody knew. Anybody knew his name prior to this. I don't think anybody outside of B.Y. knew, knew who Puka Nakua was until this year. I mean, he's been uh, coming out <coughs> gangbusters. Not, and it's not only him. You got uh, second and third, third day uh, wide receivers, Quinton Johnson from the Chargers, Jackson Smith uh, in Jiba. I mean, he's he was uh, uh, somewhere uh, high on top of there, but a lot of uh, players like running backs where you don't have to be the number one drafted in the first round have been having very good success. Again, I never thought the wide receivers... I thought you had to be uh, a day one, at least a day one pick in order to succeed in the NFL. This year has proven that wrong, that trend, and that trend continues uh, unreal. But uh, that's one of my biggest surprises. <clears throat> Second and third day draft picks, wide receivers that are producing high. But the number one surprise for me, and I, and I got to give this team... Uh, Big hats off because I picked them for last. I picked them for uh, getting that number one pick and probably trading it away for more picks. And this is going to be the the Miko Ryan <coughs> Texans. I mean, and they, I mean, he he changed my mind. I, I think he plays a big part in regards to C.J. Stroud. And if you listen to the show uh, uh, at any point. You know my disdain or my lack of affection for Ohio State quarterbacks. I mean, they just haven't been playing great. C.J. Stroud, I thought was going to be, you know, another one in that line of uh, disappointments and quarterbacks. Uh, he's he's broken the mold on top of that. Uh, yes, like Monty said, I mean, he has been figured out over the last couple of years. But if you take the uh, look at his body of work for this NFL season and how the success that translate into the number of wins that the Tex- that the Texans have had. Uh, you can't call it anywhere other than a success. And I'll, uh, anybody outside of Houston, 
didn't have the Texans where they are at this point of the season. Not anywhere close. That is my biggest surprise of this NFL season so far. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with Ernie. I mean, the Texans at 6-4, and four, I don't think anyone expected that. Um, they are firmly in the playoff round, uh, so I agree with that. I also agree with the wide receivers, especially Puka. He set basically every rookie record uh, known to man so far. And Tank Dell has been spectacular for the Texans as well. Uh, mid-round draft pick that has just exploded on the scene at wide receiver for them. The only thing that I would say on the disappointment side, I think the Raiders are a little bit harsh. I think they're five and six after today's. That's not bad, um, but I think I, maybe I didn't have high expectations for them. To me, they were going to be last in the AFC West. But I think where what you're alluding to is this whole Josh McDaniel aura of what they did last year and they have Adams and they're bringing in Garoppolo and their offense was putrid but I give them credit they've done what the Steelers won't do they fired their coach and the Raiders have responded with three great games two wins one loss today at Miami but they held Miami like no other team has held Miami in Miami Mm -hmm. you can have Miami but Miami has only been had on the road at Buffalo at Philly in Germany, no one has come close to them in Miami. And the Raiders gave them a game today. So true, true. I think the Raiders have turned it around. But I would have to agree. The Chargers, the, the only thing that keeps me from, from just being like they're the biggest disappointment is this is the third year in a row already. Yeah. They, they have, have talent. Way, too they much have talent. way too much talent. They have a top quarterback. They have a top paid defense. With Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and and Duran James and man, they have a stacked roster and Brandon Staley's gone. He's gotta go. He's I gone. mean, he has to go at this point in time. There is something that needs to happen because they find ways to lose and they kill themselves. They like we talked about drop touchdowns. Uh, they find ways to lose week in and week out. And at the end of the day, the good teams with good coaches find ways to win. The good teams or teams with bad coaches somehow find a way to lose. So you nailed that one. Right there on the head. Another disappointment for me, the Rams only being four and six at this point. But it's not surprising, but it's still disappointing. True, true. All right. Anything else, Ernie? I'm good. Okay, before we sign off, Ernie, let's remind everybody again, Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 760 AM, 95.1 FM, the home of Wake Up in the Den with Kuhle and Paul Breck, weekday mornings, 8 AM to 9 AM, and all your OIA sports, HPU sports, Dallas Cowboy football, USC football, Clippers basketball, and of course, starting tonight, your place for all the Chaminade Silver Swords games during the Maui Invitational. Shout out to Kule getting it done. Ernie, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you listening. And until next week, the sports rivals are out. Thank you for joining us on the Sports Rivals podcast. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcasts on Instagram and at Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter, where you can share topics you'd like to hear. Mm-hmm.